about you that I'm very excited to talk about the worst wedding ever. Yeah, it's right up there with, let's see, there's Red Wedding. Yeah. There's that wedding in Scotland that the Red Wedding was based on. Yes. Purple Wedding wasn't that bad. I was pretty happy with that one. We're, we're allowed to spoil Game of Thrones at this point, right? I think so. It's been... Yeah, I mean, like, Joffrey yeah. fucking died. It was dope. Yeah. It made me very happy. Um, other bad weddings. Um, I don't know. I've been to a lot of shitty weddings. I actually haven't been to a lot of weddings, period. Like, I, I've i maybe been to three or four. Huh. So... i got a big family. I've been to a lot of weddings. They've been hit and miss. I don't have that much experience with them, so... Yeah, but this is definitely one of the... Uh, Unquestionably so. Terrible wedding. Yeah, yeah. Worse than anyone I've ever been to. Yeah. Meant to be, like, you know, by some people's standards, the best day of your life, and I think this one turned into, like, the worst day of her life. Yeah, it's not... Possibly the, the end of her life. Yeah, I mean, for a long time. Yeah. Hey babe. Yeah, babe. Hey babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Ready or Not? You mean the most dangerous game meets dangerous liaisons? With a dash of clue in there, yeah. Yeah. It's a fun fucking rum. I just the entire time we were watching this movie had that Fuji song stuck in my head. Yeah, that's Ready fair. Ready or not, here I come. <laughs> that album is so good. Duh. Um, we listen to the score all the time at work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to our friend Sibs for Dude. for coming through and saying you guys have to watch and cover this movie because, oh my God. He has been on my ass for months about us covering this, and I'm really glad we finally did because I had such a fucking good time watching it. This I, movie's a blast. It was so fucking fun. I had a great time watching it. God. So yeah, I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. And we're the Horror Babes. Yeah. Here to make your life awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly what we do. That's our basically our tagline is just be be awesome, talk horror. You'd be nothing without us. Probably. I mean, I'll, I'll stand behind that statement. My name is Topher Bridgen, and I endorse that message. Fierce. Cool. All right, babes, we're going to do our normal format for our movie analysis episode, which means Topher's going to take us away with a who made this thing. We're going to shout out the cast and crew and all of that stuff. And then I'm going to take us through the plot, and then we will dive in and do a deeper analysis of this movie. So, without further ado, Topher, who made this thing? Me. No, wait. Really? No, I wish. I, I, this would be a feather in my fucking cap. I'd retire. <laughs> it's dope. It's really, really well done. I fucking loved every piece of this. So, I guess I should tell you who made it. So, this is the third feature film from the film collective Radio Silence. So, Radio Silence, you may know... They had a short in VHS, the yes. original. Um, our least favorite from that. It was the last one, right? Yeah, it's that. the final. Yeah, it's not the it's not the meta arc. It's the uh, it's the one where they go to the party and it's the haunted house, but the house is actually literally haunted and it's like people coming out of the walls and shit. Yes. And they get hit by a train. Yeah, that one was not. 
entirely necessary. Yeah, it's uh, 103198 is the title of that one. Yeah. Previously, they did Devil's Due and Southbound in 2014 and 15, respectively. Uh-huh. They, those both have gotten pretty well done reviews. Okay. Um, Southbound is one I keep meaning to watch. I have not actually even heard anything about Devil's Due. Uh, Radio Silence also includes their frequent uh, executive producer, Chad Villea, mm-hmm. who also worked on this. But yeah, the directing duo is Matt bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett. Okay. Guy Busick and R. Christopher Murphy, not to be confused with Ryan Murphy of Glee, American Horror Story, American Crime Story, etc., etc. fame. Because right. when I saw this listed, he has some credits as Ryan Murphy. Okay. But only his first few. Huh. So it's it's really funny because like I saw Ryan Murphy listed as one of the writers and I was like, ugh, is this actually going to be good? Right. Because Ryan Murphy is someone who has pretty decent ideas and very little. Uh, you know what? I'll say this for him. People fucking love his work and I am not one of them. I like a couple seasons of American Horror Story. I, I, liked, I saw the first two. I liked them a lot. He knows how to have fun with horror, but I just don't totally love the way he writes. Is that... Fair to say? Yeah. I mean, you are you are entitled to your opinions. <laughs> I'm 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 down with that though. I, I like American Horror Story. I have not seen past again like the first two or three seasons, I believe. The third um, season the one with the witches. Yeah. And, and what I, I've seen of it's great. Yes. Is that the one where she burns and yells Balenciaga or something on the last the- episode? I haven't seen the past. I've only seen like oh. the first half of that season, but it's like well, it's the one with Angela Bassett. I only Angela Bassett. I only watched that for Angela Bassett. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty fucking incredible in everything she and does. And Jessica Lang. Yeah, and Sarah Paulson's in it. And I didn't hate. Uh, oh, and Gabri Sibidi was that was her first season. Oh yeah. Who I think just got engaged. Oh, congrats! For our stars, we have Samara Weaving as Grace. Uh huh. Now Grace Ladomas. <laughs> after the first few minutes of the film she uh you you would know samara weaving from being hugo weaving's niece and also from the babysitter series on netflix she was also in guns akimbo with daniel radcliffe uh, a movie that is supposed to be fucking incredible that i need to watch the premise as far as it's been explained to me is daniel radcliffe is essentially made to play a game of edward 40 hands but instead of edward 40 hands it's like Ed, for edward nine millimeter hands oh shit <laughs> he gets to Two guns uh, duct taped to his hands. That's too much. And he runs around in a robe and screams. You would have seen the still from that that's been all over the internet. I'm sure. <laughs> we have one of my favorites, Adam Brody, mm-hmm. as elder brother of the Ladomas clan, Daniel. I agree with you. I like I like where he's gone after the OC. Yeah, I didn't I, give I, a I like shit about the OC. Oh, I loved the OC. I did not give a shit about it. I, I, was, I was into, though, like, you know, the reality show like Laguna Beach and like similar things to it. Um, and I love Gossip Girl and all of that. But the OC, I just didn't give a shit about it. Did you know that the OC and Gossip Girl exist in the same world? I'm not here to talk about conspiracy theories. No, no, no. It literally does. That's confirmed? Yeah. It's the same creators. And they like had a crossover episode that they had they were they had planned a spinoff, but basically, you know, in Gossip Girl, when Serena's mom, you have that Lily. flashback. Yeah. yeah, we have the flashback to young Lily. That's all like they're the same age as the family in the OC parents, like Peter Gallagher and all of them. Yeah. So th- Sandy Cohen, <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest names in film or tv history um but yeah apparently they were all like friends get the fuck out of here yeah that was the planned crossover and they were gonna spin it off into a whole other series that never happened oh my god 
That's ridiculous. But anyway, I love the way that his his career has gone. Like Jennifer's body, he's playing like villains sort of or somewhere in between. In Douchebags at least. Yeah. yeah. Like Seth Cohen's so lovable, so hot. Yeah. And now Adam Brody is like someone who, one of the few people in the world who looks good with a bad beard. Right. And is just being stupid hot in his late 30s, just fucking killing it as douchebag number five. True. True. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like his I love... arc in this film too. I thought it was a good arc. Agreed, um, agreed. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he's the alcoholic older brother to Alex, played by Marco Bryan. <laughs> the alcoholic brother. There's one in every family. <laughs> <laughs> Problem drinker. <laughs> you would know Marco Bryan from either probably most likely Arrival or Marriage Story. He plays Carter in Marriage Story. Great. Yeah. I'm staying silent <laughs> about my feelings on Marriage yeah. Story. And he was in that show, Halt and Catch Fire, that people keep talking about. But if you want to hear about my thoughts, you can go listen to our Green Room episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Henry Cherney as Tony, the Lodomus clan's father, uh, the younger brother of the matriarch. Uh, Henry Cherney has been in so many movies. I mean, he's, he's had a really good career. Um, but you probably know him most from Mission Impo- the Mission Impossible series as Eugene Kittredge. Hmm. After that, we have the wonderful Andy McDowell as Becky. Yes. Alex and Daniel's mom. Melanie Scrifano, who was Winona Earp in the series Winona Earp as their <laughs> cokehead sister, Emily. <laughs> Your favorite character. She's great. I love her. She's awesome. And she's married to this douchey frat boy named Fitch. They've got two kids together. I think Fitch is gay. He, you know what? We're going to talk about that because I had not even considered that, but. I think he's gay and not because he doesn't know how to use a fucking crossbow. Oh, that's not what I'm getting at. gays know how to use crossbows. That's not what I'm getting at. It's what they teach you in gay school. I learned it. He's coded as queer. Interesting. Okay, we're going to put that on the docket to talk about. I'm writing it down right now. I think he is. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a hot take, but I, I, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, that's the gay brother. Because, again, there's, there's, a, there's one of those in every story. And he's, he, well, he's an in-law, too, so he's married into the family. The gay brother. Fair, fair, fair. Um, Elise Levesque as Charity, uh, Alex's wife, or sorry, uh, Daniel's wife, Adam Brody's wife. Uh-huh. Uh, Nikki, Guadagni, uh, Nikki Guadagni. I don't speak Italian. This keeps coming up on this podcast. I cannot speak Italian or Swedish, and everything we cover is fucking Italian or Swedish. Nikki Guadagni is how I'm going to say it. As okay. Aunt Helene, the matriarch of the family, this wild-ass old bitty. Oh, my God. And she's, like, wearing a cape. S- serving and looks in capes and that hair. That hair, that, like, uh, faux hawk, kind of, but short. Yeah, but I don't like know. A, like, a, like a rich older lady faux hawk. Yeah, like she belongs on the Upper East Side. I would not oh, bat an 100%. eye. I would not bat an eye, even if I saw her carrying an axe on the Upper West, or Upper East no, Side. You would just I would just it was be a family like, heirloom. Yeah, she's she's going to she's just going to like Bloomingdale's or something. You yeah, know? well, it's funny too because like I the opening shot of her at the wedding, the first time we see her, mm-hmm. all I could think is she's definitely dialed in on like the mean Nona. Yeah, stereotype like she's staring and giving the evil eye. Oh yeah, right. The Definitely. same way that Ronnie James Dio came up with the devil horns hand that we all know yeah. now, yeah, was because he said his mom or his uh, his 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 nonna 
would stare him down and do that at him. I'm doing, I've got my pinky and my forefinger going from my eyes at Nicole. I'm we all very, know the devil horn hand. I'm very scared. So yeah, that's what she would do at him. Um, and finally, John Ralston as the butler, Stevens. Families are fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Helene was like, it's like a, a very accomplished stage actor. That's where she really comes from, which you can kind of tell in her performance in this, that she's not yeah. as comfortable in front of a camera as she is in front of an audience. Because right, she's so it, big, but it, it plays works, so well. Yeah. yeah, It works for this like insane satire that we're the, it, Satire about. or a farce or something like that. Yeah. It's just it's, completely ridiculous. <laughs> it's a romp. It's a romp. <laughs> So fun little just snippets here for cameos. Guy Busick and R. Christopher Murphy were both in the film. Uh, they were not credited, but if you remember that little bit where Fitch is watching YouTube to learn how to use a the crossbow, crossbow, they're the crossbow guys. Oh, <laughs> great. YouTube famous. Yeah. Um, producer James Vanderbilt played Mr. LaBelle. And if you see a photo of him, he looks like the devil. Awesome. But like a very like charming devil. He has the goatee and everything. He looks like materialized Black Phillip. Yeah, a bit, yes. Captain Hook or Captain Morgan? <clears throat> yeah, Captain Hook, Captain Morgan. I was going to say, um, you've seen that Rick and Morty episode where Alfred Molina plays the devil. Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just naming There's people my, with goatees No, it's my now. next script is Joey Fatone plays the devil. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And then a little fun thing for me was Academy Award winner Nat Faxon plays the voice of the uh, the OnStar guy. It's not called OnStar in the movie, but that thing that, like, when your car it's is... It's like Safe Drive or something is what it's yeah. called. Like, safe Journey. I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's Same like... Thing. Yeah, it's can I get help on the road and your car just calls them. Yep. Um, but yeah, he won the Oscar for, I think, Best Original or Best Adapted Screenplay with uh, uh, Jim Rash hmm. for The Descendants. Cool. He's also been nominated more times than that, but um, they, they've been writing partners since they were in The Groundlings together. But he always plays like a put upon guy. If you remember the uh, the fiance that dumps Cameron Diaz in Bad Teacher, or if you remember the party scene from Orange County, he's the guy who won't shut up about Scrabble. He's he's somebody I like a lot, um, and he's just sort of like a goofy sort of like douche that's very very shat on, and it doesn't seem like it's his fault. <laughs> Love that he looks very correct in a turtleneck. <laughs> <clears throat> That's like way too chunky. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, the music was from Brian Tyler. Music was fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. Other than a couple of stings that didn't need to be in there, according to me, which is more sound editing anyway. But yeah, Brian Tyler did a great job with the music. I would have liked to see more Beastie Boys in there. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I mean, I could hear Sabotage being in this movie. I told you it's my final girl song. It is your final girl song. I don't know what mine is. Holy Diver. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's Holy Diver. I think it says a lot about a person. Again, fuck Zodiac signs. What's your final girl song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like montage gear up song. Yeah. The thing where you just like take the shotgun and pump it like that in the air. That's my whole that's my whole scene. It's a it's a lot like Evil Dead. All of my friends are dead. We're in a cabin. I go and get a huge dated shotgun and i load it <laughs> fucking and, elephant gun and i have yeah, exactly just like in this movie yeah. and i have <laughs> and i have like slashed limbs like i'm looking like like um like our protagonist in this film does at the end yeah but i'm wearing like a like dope high-waisted jean shorts some oh, Doc yes. Martens and like a ripped up shirt. So and just then, how you dress every single day. Yes. But like <laughs> tattered. And yeah. 
And I kick open the door and I go and try to kill whatever's killed all my friends. Nice. That's my that's my movie. It's very cheesy, but I don't care. <laughs> Let me live my dreams. I absolutely but will. Out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last few people, since we've been rolling for 20 fucking minutes now, um, the last few people in this film, cinematography was Brett Jukovic's uh, beautifully shot movie. Lighting is dope as well. Yeah, um, agreed. I will post the review from Bloody Disgusting that I'm going to reference a few times throughout this in the footnotes below this episode. But um, in, Bloody, in the Bloody Disgusting article, they call it uh, Kubrickian. Mm-hmm. He also uh, he also shot Them That Follow, which yeah. is very, very good. Um, editing from Terrell Gibson and production design from Andrew M. Stern. And the costume design was from Avery Plewis or Plews. Anyway. Which, thank you for that wedding dress, that gorgeous wedding dress. Right? Oh That's God. what I wanted to shout out. The costume design is on goddamn point. How good does Adrian Bro- or Adrian Brody, how good does Adam Brody look in that suit? Yeah, the costuming is amazing in this. And I love, I kind of just love the vision of it too, how we have all of the hired right off the runway models. Because that's also something like we'll get into, you know, um, shit that rich people do. But that's something that flashy rich people would do, just hiring like runway models just to come to their little party. Yeah, one of them's babysitting the kids. And the other one later, another one later reveals it like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm not even a maid. Mr. Latomas just hired me because he liked the way I dance. Yikes. Um, so yeah, it's a really tight runtime again, 95 minutes uh, front to back. And the most important pro- uh, production company here is Fox Searchlight. So Fox Searchlight Pictures, which is now just called Searchlight, I think, because uh, mm-hmm. Disney bought them this year because Disney has more money than God. Um, they are like one of the sort of best pickers of really dope indie film mm-hmm. that gets to like have a wider release right they're kind of like the, the king makers of that sort of shit so what what else did they release so just to name the oscar winners <laughs> i think just to name the oscar winners great okay good start slumdog millionaire 12 uh-huh. years a slave birdman and shape of water oh tight i still need to see shape of water yeah but I, guillermo del toro is one of my absolute favorite, but I wanna, favorite directors i want to see knows. it I want to see it on like a big screen. Oh, of course. And I kept meaning to go see it in theaters and I was working like seven days a week. I know. I know. <laughs> it, it, it it really just slipped away. But I I really want to watch it, but I want to watch it in the right medium. Yeah. I guess I should just buy Hamilton, the Hamilton Palacio. <laughs> well, apparently. You got 15 million laying around? Apparently you can go to Jersey City and rent out a movie theater huh. um, to watch older films. And it it costs... If you want to watch a an if you want to watch an older film, it's a hundred bucks, but you can bring up to twenty people. Oh, so you split that? It's five bucks a piece. Yep. Fuck me. Or that's you cheaper can, than a normal movie ticket. That's what I'm saying. Or if you just if you wanted just to bring like five people, then it's a normal movie ticket price. Yeah. <laughs> or you can do like a current or a movie that's like coming out and pay like three hundred bucks, but again, you can bring twenty people. That's not bad at all. Okay, well, looking forward to the future of the world when I can go to a movie theater comfortably. I know. <laughs> so to get into the ones that didn't win but were nominated, mm-hmm. Full Monty, mm. amazing movie. Yeah. Sideways, Little Miss Sunshine, Juno, Black Swan, 127 Hours, Tree of Life, Descendants, 
Beast of the Southern Wild, Grand Budapest Hotel, Brooklyn, Three bo- Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, The Favorite, and Jojo Rabbit. And that's all before Disney bought wow. them. Wow. So this is like <laughs> this is like if you have an indie film and you get picked up by them, you're just like, okay, we're like we're set. Yeah. And before they were that's even, a good track before record. they were Fox Searchlight, they picked up. They were the ones who distributed uh, Suspiria. Shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that um, production history lesson. I yeah. had, I don't know much about production companies, like the ins and outs, really. But most of them are garbage. That's why you're here. <laughs> A24 and Fox Searchlight, boom. Oh, I love A24. Yeah. Um, um, and what what's good about and this is just I'm going to get into some of the boring like behind the scenes movie stuff. I find it very interesting, but not everybody does. But it's important to know how movies get made. We've said mm-hmm. that before. Oh, and it's, so this is going to be a little bit of like how a movie gets made, right? So they make the movie. You get the initial budget. You get the backers. You get all this stuff, right? A lot of times, especially with like an indie horror, you're going to take it to a film festival. And then it's see who picks it up. Yes, this right? I know. Yes. So they went to Fantasia. Okay. Fantasia International Film Festival. I do like calling it FIF. I do get yelled at when I call it that. <laughs> but I think it's funny because we call Toronto TIFF. So I want to call it fifth. fifth. It's funny. But Fantasia is like one of the major fantasy sci-fi horror film festivals. That's mostly what they focus on. So the budget for this was six million. And it was less than that before this. And then they get the distribution budget and all that. What's great about when you have somebody like Searchlight or A24 pick it up is that you then get a huge budget to spend on distribution, right? To get it into movie theaters. Yeah. So this movie, which would have made nothing if it had stayed with a smaller distributor, mm-hmm. made $57.6 million in the box office. Damn. Right? Damn. Like, that's what's that's what's important. Like, as, as much as money and art are weirdly and probably grossly combined, and it's probably yeah. not a good thing, this is a thing where you can say, like, oh, these two guys who made a short indie film and a bunch of them you know they were they were putting shit out on YouTube. Yeah, that's it. That's like that's how they did, were doing shit forever. And then suddenly, they've got three in a row, basically. Yeah, of feature films that did pretty well. Totally. So that's that's kind of my uh, my defense of I guess in a very very small sense of the word defense the production line and how yeah. these things work. Like it's yeah. how, it's how I aim to like it's the traditional way to do it, but it's how I aim to get my work out there. Right? Like you make a you make a short that turns into a feature. An appetizer that then, turns into an entree. I yeah, an amuse bouche. <laughs> yeah, you know, a little taste. Yeah. Um, so that's everything I got on Who Done It, and that's my little like uh, production. How production works. Um, I think it's it's important to know that shit, yeah. even if it's boring. Boring things are important. Yeah. Uh, sweet. So, I mean, side note, I love A24 because they have some dope merchandise. If you have, oh, yeah. if you have a um friend or loved one that loves any movie that was distributed by a24 you can get like a full screenplay book on oh, yeah, we, said uh, movies yeah we got each other for our anniversary we got each other the uh, same gift <laughs> yeah and for each of our like most recent favorite horror movies because i got you the witch production book and i got you ex machina um, yeah, so it has the full screenplay inside. It has behind-the-scenes photos. It has all these essays and everything like that. And each of them is different. It's not the exact same format for each, but it's really beautiful, really it's well great. cut. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous hardback, like you get coffee like, table size book. Yeah, you get like artwork. You get interviews. You get you know anything that has to do with the movie, obviously. And then you always get like the screen screenplay. Yeah, in there, which is really cool. Um, I love it to read the direction and everything that was written in. Um, 
but also they do like candles for different genres. Oh, that's right. It's, it's yeah, really yeah. fun. So like, it, I mean, the holidays are coming up. Uh, we're obviously not sponsored by A24, but it's just been a really good resource because if you have a movie lover in your life, they're a really great yeah. spot to um, purchase gifts from. And if you have a movie lover in your life, they love A24. <laughs> yeah, because they, like, they produce good just, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I guess I will dive right into the plot here. Yo. So. What happened? What happened was, um, we open the movie and we just get, we just take off, really. Yeah, it just jumps in. We just jump right in and, um, we see a child version of Daniel Ladomas, Mm -hmm. um, and they're all in this, um, in his like family's mansion and we see a wounded man whose name is Charles who like begs him for help. It's very like, it's very disorienting. You're like, okay, we're in this. What's happening? Well, we get this dope follow shot to start it. Right. So there's like this, um, sort of, I think it's a hacked one or it's not a true one or, yeah, but it's a really great follow shot, and I only think it's a hacked wonder because they cut through dark sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think they're actually putting in cuts there. It's right. my guess, but I can't say for sure. Right, like, technical film nerd shit. But yeah, they're falling like we're we're in this really claustrophobic like chase scene. Yes, and it's Daniel leading Alex and then hiding Alex. Yes, and then um, the man who is begging for help, his name is Charles, and instead Daniel decides to alert his family who show up wearing, like, these creepy masks and capes yeah. and all of this stuff, like, robes and shit. And They're, like, really ugly orgy masks. Yeah, and then we see we see the bride. Um, so very obviously a wedding has taken place. This is, like, a wedding party. Uh, Charles is shot with a spear gun and then yeah. gets pulled away. Yeah, he's got an arrow in his hip or whatever, and then, yeah, gets a spear gun to the chest. Yeah, and then little Daniel's mother tells him that she's proud of him. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what? Okay, um, here we go. <laughs> 30 years later, Daniel's younger brother, Alex, um, is marrying Grace. Um, and she is in the bride's quarters or you know like it, where you get just, ready. i think it's just his bedroom just his bedroom it's a child, yeah he says it's a child's bedroom because she's like sitting there rehearsing her vows and like smoking yeah serving looks in this gorgeous gorgeous wedding dress this wedding dress is amazing it so also it, she's also so perfect for this role because she's she's got that aubrey plaza thing that makes her inherently relatable how she how she views the world is just very like it's 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 very millennial, but it's also just, it's very sarcastic and it's... It's also two other things. What? Big eyes, wide mouth. <laughs> yeah. Traditionally a good scream queen. Yeah. Um, But... Aubrey Plaza has it too, is what I'm saying. It's like it makes yeah. them like off-putting in a relatable way. Yeah. So we already like her. You know, we already... She has, she has some... Um, Really great comedic timing. She has, oh yeah, you know, she's she's really great in this role, and um, I think it just, I think I think it kind of hinges on you feeling for Grace a little bit. So she was the yeah. perfect cast for this, someone who you can relate to. Mm-hmm. And I love when Alex is like, "Oh, you you ready for this?" And she goes, "Oh fuck no." Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very relatable. It's good it's writing, not... but it's also really well delivered, right? Like the script is funny, but the acting sells it. Yeah, and and we immediately dive in and know that we're in this mansion, and there's a lot of money involved, and she doesn't come from money. She says that like in her first line or something. Yeah. So instead of it being this like weird prince who's marrying a princess and it's all whimsical, she's like, oh. 
fuck. I don't you know? belong here. Yeah. So your I, dad hates me. Your yeah. aunt thinks I'm a bitch. Your yeah. brother's your brother a drunk hits on and me. Ha- hits on me. Yeah. Your sister-in-law sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so she was a former foster child. Yeah. Um. She's you know she's happy to join this family though despite all of these things because she loves Alex. Yeah. Um, and we learned he's been away for two years and she's the, her like Andy McDowell, the mother yes. keeps thanking her for bringing him back into the fold. Yes. Thank which, you for bringing him back to us. And it's like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we also learned that they run the Ladomas family games company mm-hmm. and own four professional sports teams. So yeah. they've, got, they've got fuck you money. Yeah. We get an idea of just how, much money they have and they're like the fucking uh betsy devos's family yeah uh, and that asshole eric the princes yeah eric prince who just got a new contract with blackwater or whatever his new fucking company is right fuck donald trump and fuck eric prince Ugh. so then we get very quickly introduced to um the rest of the family and their things yeah. so we already know that <laughs> that daniel is a drunk yes we already know that um we meet Charity, his wife, who you automatically can tell is just going to be like a snob. She's just, yeah, she's just a waif with a really cropped haircut and high cheekbones and sucks. Yeah, you're pretty like, much. It, she's just introduced and you're like, you suck. And then even her husband, uh, Adam Brody's like, she tells him like, oh, yeah, you're, she's never going to fit in. He goes, of course not. She has a soul. Yeah. And then we've got um, cocaine-addicted sister Emily. Who misses the entire wedding with her husband, Fitch. Yes. They, they meet, like, right before everything kicks off. Yes. And then they they have two sons together, Georgie and Gabe, which mm-hmm. is important to note because these yeah, kids come in. Yeah, we only meet one of them, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, obviously, Helene, who mm-hmm. we've talked about already, who is uh, Alex's aunt. Yeah. And then we've got Alex's parents, Tony and Becky. And important to note that Helene is the woman is the is the bride from the first scene. Yes, we yes. hear her name, and that's the connect. It's like, oh, okay, yes. Which I missed sometimes, <laughs> like because it was very quick. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, after the wedding, they we have you know the uh, post wedding gathering. The attempted and, coitus. Yes. And then <laughs> the and, and, fucking Annalene shows up through the servants' through quarters. Cor- yeah. And, and she's like, who the fuck is that? Um, she so, has boundary issues. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm just like remembering lines from this because it's just a, it's a fucking great script. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, so Grace and the family gather, and Tony explains that his ancestor made a deal with a man named LaBelle. Mm-hmm. And the deal was to build the fortune of the family, and in exchange for said fortune, the family has to observe a tradition. Yeah. The tradition being every new member, meaning if you're married into the family... Yep. Draws a card from this like creepy ass puzzle box. Thing. So dope though. Very cool. Very Hellraiser. Yes, definitely. Um, and it names a game that they must play, like Go Fish, Old Maid, or Hide and Seek. Yeah. So guess who draws <laughs> Hide and Seek? Grace. What? Oh yeah. Sorry. No, I did watch this movie. <laughs> and she is, and, and and the reactions to this part are amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Grace is kind of taking this 
you she's know, taking the piss. She's just like, oh, this is really quirky and uh, this is yeah. really fucking she's weird, like, but okay. <laughs> like, haha, Alex, your family's really weird. Like, okay, yeah. but I'll play along. Uh, and when she gets the hide and seek card, everyone's face falls and just are silent. And you see the look <laughs> on Alex's face of just like, oh, fuck. Uh-oh. And then Grace is just like, what? Like, hide and seek? Like, are we really going to play this? <clears throat> and the dad is like, oh, yeah, we're going to play. Yeah, it's like, we have to. We, it's tradition. It's tradition. And so... She even's like, so, like, how long do I... How do I win? Or can I even win this? He goes, well, you could survive till dawn. He yeah. starts being really warm with her before this, too. Like, he hates her up until this point. And then yeah. he kind of, like, gets a little bit, like... I guess because of what he knows is going to come. But, like, well, he this- kind of gets, like... It's that nurturing before the slaughter. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's really spooky, honestly. Yeah. Um. So then we get, we get kind of cutaways of them turning off the security cameras because she's like, I guess you guys have an advantage. But then we see when they're shutting off the security cameras that they also lock all of the doors and windows. Mm-hmm. There's no way of getting out. Yeah. And then. We, as audience members, are just like, oh, my God, I think I know it's like we know it's going to happen. We've already put it together. But how is this going to unfold? So Grace decides when she's sent to hide. um, We see all of the whole family arming themselves with different weapons. Like from all these different decades. Yeah. And yeah. And they're they're not allowed to use any sort of technology because tradition, they're not allowed to use any, you know, newer weapons. It's all from the past. Yeah. There's a fucking axe, like a bearded axe. Yeah. A spear gun. A, a crossbow, crossbow. A bow and arrow. A literal bow and arrow. Yes. Like a handgun that's. Archery, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking handgun that comes into play multiple times. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. They, they do it the same way as it's been done since great grandfather first played. Yeah. Scary. <clears throat> so, um, Alex does not want to participate. So, uh, is trying to find Grace who is hiding in the uh, dumbwaiter. Yeah. So then he finally, uh, Grace is kind of like, oh, fuck this. Like, how long am I going to wait in here? I'm just going to be like, oh, you found me. Like, mm-hmm. can I go have sex with my husband now? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's, she's, she's got, she's got an end game in mind. Which she has I, a bonorama to get to. And that's not me. That's her. Yeah. I don't. She says that. I don't blame her. He's attractive. Yeah. And you well, know, wedding night. They also, yeah, it's again, it's, it's her wedding night. She's, she's stoked. They both are. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I don't trust Alex from the jump personally, but I don't trust any man. At least not after I find out there's also that. (laughs) Like I'm just conditioned to not trust any (laughs) tagline. Tagline of this film should have just been no man is this is worth this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he finds grace, but then they witness Emily kill a maid that she thinks is grace. Yeah. So the Georgie gets up and runs out, uh, after the maid falls asleep. Yeah. And the mace goes looking for him and almost discovers Alex and Grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when Emily just runs in and just shoots this bitch in the fucking eye. It's pr- it's brutal. Blows like, away for, a good chunk of her head. For like the first, um, for the first in time kill, like we obviously see the kill in the flashback at the beginning of the movie, but yeah. for the first kill kill, it's pretty rough. Um, <laughs> There's a good amount of comedy with each of these kills too. Oh yeah. Like no one dies immediately. And they all die in, like, a mistake. Yeah, it's like rat race with murder. Yeah. 
it, which is probably why I love it, because I love Rat Race. You sure do. That movie's do great. It's um, a very good movie. I love a good romper, like, you know, a comedy of errors. Yeah, and this is both. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. But with really, really good horror. Oh, definitely. The gore in it is great. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all necessary. Or, you know, if it's unnecessary, it's for comedy. It's like, yeah. it's, it all makes sense to me. Um, so this is when Alex is like, is like, Grace, don't say it. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, but here's what's going on. Yeah. And ama- I will say this a thousand times. Amazing performance from Grace. Yeah, from Smart Weaving. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. This is like... I liked her okay in Jennifer's body, or not Jennifer's body, in The Babysitter. Yeah, she's but the best I part of it. But I didn't love that movie, which is the problem. Right. But this movie, I swear to God, if enough people see it, this could make her a fucking star. She, I, she merits it. I think it's, she's got she's got some real fucking chops. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. But and the way she switches between comedy and horror just on a dime. That's what I'm saying. She's yeah. like. Holy shit. Like, she's a wonderful actress. Just about as good an actress as her, as her uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so she is, you know, hyperventilating. Um, <laughs> fair. Fair. Probably, I probably would have puked a couple times. I'd have at least passed out once. Yeah. So, um, so he basically further explains that if they don't kill... The new family member, then they all will die the next morning. Yeah, at dawn. Yeah. At dawn, if you know. Yeah. So. Oh, and there's this whole funny bit about um, everybody's like, wait, so does this count? Because they kill the maid. And then Helene's like, no. No. It has to it be has the to be, bride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They all, it's, it's such a weird play of like, uh, can we stop now? But yeah. also like they're doing a murder. They're trying to murder someone. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's actually hilarious. Yeah. It's all, it's all comedy interspersed throughout here and in every beat works. It's the definition of a dark comedy. Cause there's some dark yeah. comedies like, so we also get an explanation of Aunt Helene uh, uh, that, that was, the last time that they played this game. Yes. And, you know, we just get a little bit more of a backstory other than just what we got in, in the opening shot. So the mansion is locked down, obviously. Um, Alex is trying to go disable the security system to um, let Grace escape. So he leaves her. She goes through, like, the wrong door. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Emily fucks up again. <laughs> yeah. She fires at her head again. And, the, and Tony, the dad... Kiss goes, center of gravity, center yeah. of gravity. She yeah. can't, she has to maim, not kill. And she just like starts crying. She's like, uh. and then she goes to do more coke. Like, oh, so much cocaine. It was, just like a lot. dumps an entire gram on her hand. And, and then just, it's just like on her lip. Like gives a her like a Hitler mustache of yeah. cocaine. Yeah. It's a mess. Emily is fantastic. She's my favorite character. I love her so much. So... Um, Fitch is on the toilet because he doesn't know how to use the... <laughs> he's just sitting there watching YouTube videos about how to use a crossbow. God. Sorry. I, there's just, I love all the comedy in this. No, it's awesome. And so Grace is then discovered by, by Daniel. And he gives her a head start. Yeah. And then alerts the others. And they're all like bickering and, and they're they're like, we have to capture Grace and use her to perform um, a ritual. Yeah. And so this is the first time that we hear that there's like a ritual involved. Right. We thought that she just like had to die and they would drag her wherever 
Yeah, like we, yes. we don't know that there's supposed to be some sort of satanic ritual happen too. Yeah. So now we know. Um, and Emily accidentally kills another maid. Like yeah. it, it's. <laughs> She's like, thanks, and just turns as the maid's trying to tell them where Grace is, just right in the mouth. Yeah. Before she can get it out again, fantastic. So. Alex finally unlocks the house, but Grace's escape is blocked by Stevens, who yeah. is the butler. And is obsessed with Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture. Yes, either whistling it, blasting it, like Yelling singing it off-key. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. <laughs> After she grabs the giant elephant gun from the family room. Yes, and then tries to shoot him, and he's like, oh, the, am- the ammunition is just for show. Or for display. And she's like, fuck. So she grabs a hot teapot and just smashes it on his head, giving him some pretty severe burns and then also Looking like Two-Face, yeah. Yeah, looking like Two-Face. So um, Alex destroys the security system. And then Daniel and Tony, like, knock him out and restrain him, all these Mm things. Um, Grace finds another maid in the dumbwaiter. (laughs) <laughs> and the maid accidentally this is when we get the get the um i don't even know what i'm doing here I, he just liked the way i danced and all this stuff and i'm like creepy <laughs> um so but then the maid accidentally crushes herself well, after to death. snitching after snitching true true and after this i said what did i say snitches get Snitch- stitches i was hoping we would say it together oh sorry go ahead it's fine no no no. The we'll do it no it hasn't it's and it's a recording medium that I can edit as much as I want. So, um, so Grace is discovered by another maid who she's now. It, it, this maid is in the dumbwaiter and and then yells and alerts the 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 family. She's the one who says like, um, who says I I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like I'm um I'm. I, he just like thought I was a good dancer or whatever. I was like, he liked the, uh, he way, liked the I way I danced. And I'm like, like oh, that's that's gross <laughs> and creepy and awful. Um, but. And predatory, probably. Yeah. Um, she's definitely young. Uh, but then Grace, you know, says like, they're not looking for you. They're looking for me. And then this bitch starts <laughs> yelling and alerting the family. But then she actually crushes herself to death in a dumb waiter. Yep. And you want to know Why? Because snitches, snitches get, get stitches. stitches. Although okay? I don't think stitches are going to fix this. No, this bitch is... She smushed. She smushed. She smushed. She is a pile of bones. Yeah. So My then, granddad had a trash compactor. One of my granddads had a con- trash compactor when I was young, and I was always fascinated by it. But I also had nightmares about it, about turning into a little tofu cube. Oh, my God. Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of like cartoons that play that exact mm-hmm. scenario Scared out. Scared the shit out of me. So you're not alone, I don't think. No, no. So... Then Grace escapes once again, runs to the stables, which this estate is huge. This stable so is probably big. at least one or two miles away from the house. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good country mile. So she finds Georgie. Who well, she- let's be clear. I was like, oh, stables. We're going to see horses. Nope. It's just it's a just shit goats. ton of goats. It's a fuck ton of goats. We get a witch moment. I was like, where's Black Phillip? Well, we see Black Phillip. We do. Uh, we, we see many a goat. And <laughs> such goats, such goats in said stable. She finds Georgie who has been missing this like whole time. Mm-hmm. And then Georgie shoots her in the hand, like a hole, yeah. like <laughs> a, a, bit, the, the gun that was in his mom, that his mom left in his room. That big gun that she shot. God, uh, good parenting right there. The, the Yeah. <laughs> and then Grace is like, what the fuck you little 
bitch and just punches him Jacks and knocks him. him unconscious. Good old fucking right cross. Yeah. And she falls into a pit that's filled with the cord. This this part is so disgusting. Oh, it hurts. This is good I, gore, but it, oh my God, it This hurt. is when I started getting nauseous and yeah. i don't feel nauseous easily with horror films i'm no, just kind of desensitized exactly but this y'all wow i she through just like a series of she punches him she kind of stumbles backwards she 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 trips she falls into this like cellar um the wood all breaks and you're like oh my god what the fuck and then you see that she's on top of a shit ton of dead bodies pit of bones pit of bones yeah she starts puking it's probably really stinky between the goats and oh, she the like yeah she does a like gag like holds her hands to her mouth and like gags and everything yeah it's pretty rough and then she's trying to get out oh we see charles's body <laughs> oh yeah we do because we see the arrows in yeah. the two arrows Oh, God. So then she tries to climb out of this cellar and gets pretty far. She has one hand up there, but then we see this ominous ass nail. And <sighs> we're just like, oh, man, it's good. If, girl, you got like a a uh, silver dollar size hole in <laughs> your so hand, if you can. Oh, but still makes me want to vomit, even if she got it in the right spot. She doesn't. She somehow misses, and the nail goes right through another part of her hand, and she screams, <laughs> and I'm so just like... There's so little hand left. <laughs> I'm just like, God, fucking damn it. What? Ugh. And so she eventually she eventually gets out, though. Um, it just starts sprinting. Uh, yeah, she squeezes through the fence and tries to flag down someone driving by who's well, like... first we get Charity out on the balcony smoking... Because oh. no one knows where she is. Yeah. Like the security system has been destroyed. And Charity just happens to spot her sprinting across the line. And he's like, oh, I fucking got you, bitch. And aims the spear gun at her. Yeah. And just misses so wide right. That's what's so <laughs> funny about this is that this is most, most of these people, it's their first time doing it. It, yeah, literally everybody but Tony, Becky, and Helene. Yeah, exactly. So most. Yeah. It's most of their first time. And these so, weapons are ridiculous. Yeah. Why would you need to know? Why would you, Yeah. Why would you ever need to know how to use a crossbow? Or, I mean, I get like archery is a sport and it's pretty fun. I like yeah. archery. But. Well, and like Daniel has like a proper like rifle. Right. But I don't know if I would, if, if, if that just popped up that in a stressful situation like that, I would know how to use it. Yeah. You know, like, I just don't... Like, a a bolt-action rifle is pretty straightforward to use. But that's what's funny is that nobody has practiced for this night. No. So... Because no one thinks it's going to happen. Yeah. So, it's like... That's what's actually so hilarious about it is that they're trying, but... They're just as new to this as Grace is, in a sense. Yes. Once she's pro- like or half processed what's happening, or at least gotten the fight or flight understanding of what's happening, mm-hmm. they're on the same level. Yeah. Like nobody knows how to use any weapon, which is just what is the gift that keeps on giving in this movie. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Grace it, kind of finds very luckily, like she's a very lucky protagonist here. She finds like a bar. That is in this fucking broken yeah. in this. Yeah. I was like, she tries to climb it at first. And I was like, girl, you either got to climb or dig like juice. <laughs> um, like a fucking puppy. Yeah. So she, but she finds this weak bar and 
pulls it and it and you know she falls backwards but she's okay i thought it was like gonna impale her or something yeah um but she also keeps leaving weapons behind that's probably one of my that's biggest something problems that with bothers her. me too yeah she leaves the gun behind at some point leaves the wrought leaves. iron bar behind so she flags down this this motorist and he's she thinks like he's stopping and that but then he just rolls down his window and says get out of the road in the middle of the road <laughs> and she and she goes on this long it's hilarious it's she's so long it's like five seconds of she's like you motherfucking fucking cocksucker like all these dick things. liquor she dick calls liquor dick, dick liquor. liquor that's funny i'm like i don't know you know that it's one of those insults that i'm like i don't know uh it's kind of fun it's funny to say but like i'm pretty sure you've also given a blowjob girl so she is then pursued by Stevens, the butler, of course, because we just Lincoln. we just can't give her a break. Uh, she fights him off initially and takes his car, but again leaves the gun behind. Yeah, um, shoves she, her hand on his burned ass face. Yeah, and then chokes him. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. She like rips off like part of her like the sash on her dress or the belt or whatever. Yeah, and just like chokes him out. We lose bit by bit of this wedding dress, which is simultaneously just very heartbreaking because it's, it's so a symbol. Beautiful. Yeah, well, it's, it's well, a yeah, symbol the, yeah. of it's supposed to be the best. You know, one of the best days of her life. I'm not going to say that everyone puts that much stock in their wedding day, but, but traditionally, traditionally speaking, yeah, it's, that's it's how a we view them. Very yeah. important day in your life, and um. The moment that the first moment that she has to rip it is it it hurts like it, it's kind of like she this is devastating. Yeah, she's already had to rip off the bottom. Yeah, um, because she keeps tripping over the the where she ripped it in the dumb. This later. is when she puts on her Converse. Yeah, her like yellow Converse and it's and yellow it's high dope. top Chuck T's that are super dirty and I love them. It, looking like Cindy Lauper in this like that's exactly what I said. You yes, did. yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she ends up ripping off the sleeve to yeah. bind her hands yeah. and not bleed out. It gets ripped in the back because she gets cut by the fence. Because even though she's a skinny bitch, she like still gets uh, cut and torn like that. Yeah, it's yeah. There's a That's lot of like good gore moment too. Yeah. Ooh, it was real rough watching that skin and like watching the the dress split in the lace. Yeah. And spandex, and then like watching that how that splits, and then watching her back split with it was like oof. Yeah, the whole the whole wedding dress thing is very sad, but I guess wedding dresses are useful. It's a lot of fabric. <laughs> you know, it's a. I guess it was just sort of like what was that trend? Destroy the dress. Or oh whatever. yeah. Which you know that's for rich people, but I was about to say I would never. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't care if that motherfucker's in mothballs for the rest of eternity. I am not destroying that shit. Yeah. But it's it's just it's I I wanted to bring up it's very sad. Yeah. No. It that's a good point. And she doesn't have time to be sad about it. You no. know, yeah, she never like, gets the moment. No, she doesn't. So it's 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 heartbreaking, truly. Because again, if you're marrying someone, hopefully you're like in love with them. Oh, and she's so in love with him. Yeah, she adores him. Yeah, so it's very sad. Um, but so she's in the car. She steals this Lincoln, and this is when the um, OnStar, we'll yeah. call it, for <laughs> you know not actually knowing what they use, uh, to call the call the police she calls the guy and she's like oh my god i could call the police someone trying to kill me me. and what is the guy's name justin (laughs) on the other line and he's like oh ma'am this uh car's been reported stolen so i have to stop it and she's like no like she gives justin a piece of her fucking mind you justin (laughs) and he's like is there anything else i could help you with and she's just like yeah justin hey justin you there 
He goes, yeah. He goes, fuck you, Justin. She's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, thank you for, for calling, uh, calling whatever it's called. Have a nice day. Like, but oh it's like in this really defeated voice. It's just, it's another great acting moment. Yeah. From both of them. So then Stevens catches up with Grace and shoots her with a tranquilizer and drives her back to the mansion. Yeah, it ties her up with, and this is another uh, dress destroying. He ties her feet with the girdle. Yeah. Yeah. And this is hilarious because this is kind of like a another like romp farce rat race moment where he gets on the phone with on like a video call with the family and the family's all sitting there and then he turns up his um what was it Tchaikovsky? Yeah, yeah, it's the 1812 overture. Yeah, he turns that up, blasting it and she he's wakes up. He's taking that up. victory lap. Yeah, he's taking the victory victory lap. Uh she wakes up and the family's like, "Oh my god. Oh my god. No, turn the goddamn music down. Like she's going to attack you." Yeah. And so <laughs> It's so funny. She attacks him, like kicks him in the back of the head like a thousand times. And the car crashes, which kills Stevens. And then... Finally. Yeah. And then Grace gets out of... Yeah, he's like a fucking... Ugh. Yeah, it takes forever Goddamn to die. Goddamn cockroach. Yeah. And so Grace gets out of the car. And guess who's there? Daniel. He's being all sinister and shit. And he's like... Quest- he's, he's very drunk, of course, because that's his character. And mm-hmm. he's... You know, it, the whole time he has a moral questioning of like, what should I do? Is this right? He's kind of our our mid our midline person because the rest yeah. of the family is really into it, and then Alex left the family and is coming back, so he's on the other side, and Daniel is morally questioning. So, yeah. Daniel, we get a little a lot of flip flops, which you said is a really great arc, honestly. Yeah. Um. So then, and he has a nice line too. He's like. You're not more important to me than the entire the lives of my entire family. You yeah. get that, right? That like Yeah. I just met you like not that long ago. Yeah. You're one person. It's it's, it's we we talk about trolley problems a lot in horror. Yeah. And that's his trolley problem. He's like, do I save my entire family or for you? one person, yeah. Including myself. And like he's like, I don't, you don't give a shit about me. That's what I thought he was going to I thought he was going to uh harm himself there because he has a big old gun. Well, he's probably thinking about the children mostly. Yeah, he's got a he's got two nephews. Yeah, he and Charity are probably gonna have kids. Like his brother, whom he adores. Well, maybe I feel like they were on the track for a divorce, but yeah. Although who I don't knows? think this family allows divorce. I was gonna say I don't think that's with um, <laughs> packs with the devil. In the don't writing. typically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, strict in the Catholic Church, baby. Yeah, true. So. Uh, meanwhile, the family is preparing to sacrifice Grace. We're, we're preparing for the ritual here. Uh, they're drinking from this chalice. Um, oh, yeah. Big old chalice. And she is, you know, very traditionally satanic panic bound. Um, pentagram. They're chanting pentagram. in Latin. There's, it's very, you know, we've seen it. Purple we're like, yeah, hooded yeah. robes. So then Tony is about to stab Grace. Um, but then the family all start like vomiting blood mm-hmm. and we're just like, what is this? Is it Dawn? What's happening? Yeah. Um, and so Daniel then frees Grace and is like, I lace the cup with um, hydrochloric acid, but not enough to like to actually kill them. He's he says something like, oh, they're like shit weird for a week, but it'll be fine. <laughs> um, God. So then. Charity ends up shooting Daniel in the throat because he's standing in front of Grace yeah, after it's like, she. Let's just not fucking do this. None of this shit's real. And we get a, we get a backstory of Charity that like she probably came from not a great situation either. Yeah, we get a lot of allusions to that. Yeah. Um, and 
Then, after Daniel's shot in the motherfucking throat, Grace pistol whips her. Tries to unload the clip at her. Yeah. But it, it's but not loaded enough. But the bullets enough. are yeah. gone. Yeah. So, so uh, Daniel Daniel is dead. Like he, he's done. Yeah, he's he's, he's got a, he's, he's got a done. gun gunshot to the carotid. He's, he's got done. thirty seconds, and we're done. Yeah. Uh, so then Grace hits Tony with a lantern and the lantern falls over and starts a fire. Mm -hmm. And then she's attacked by Becky, uh, but she beats her to death with the, 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 um, the box, the game box, LaBelle's box. Yeah. And the thing is, is like Becky's been on Grace's side for a lot of this. Oh yeah. They have like a heart to heart. They have this Yeah. She's like, I wasn't enough of a blue blood either, but they let me in. We'll welcome you into it's going to take time, but I love you and I care about you. I see myself in you. And they, yeah, they have a bunch of they heart have a to moment. hearts. Yeah. And that's when we find out about the foster family situation. And like Grace really opens up to Becky. But then Becky says, you don't even deserve a family. And that's what sets Grace And off. she says, fuck your family. Yeah. And in the meantime, Alex was handcuffed to the... Um, to a bed. Yeah. And he breaks free and is trying Not to go... Not in a hot way either. No. Definitely not in like a bad way. And he goes to rescue Grace, um, but she pulls away from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. and Because well, he watches her beat his mother to death. Yeah. Yeah. And he finds Daniel uh, right before that. So his brother's dead. She killed him. Yeah, his mother's dead, like all these things. And so she backs away from him and he says, you're not going to be with me after this. Right. Or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's when I just screamed, fuck no, <laughs> no man is worth this. Like, no, sir. I've heard some scary dating stories, but <laughs> this my God, takes the goddamn cake uh, for sure. So yeah, he, he does. She finally lets him touch her. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's like a, a caress, caress on the face, but then he puts his other hand on there on her face and starts like squeezing and holding her like that. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, she's been through so many adrenaline spikes and she's lows lost a lot of blood and lost a lot of blood and hasn't slept in hours. <laughs> and yeah. he just like holds her and you get like that almost like, um, not to reference Game of Thrones again, but the mountain and uh, uh, the Viper. Yeah. You feel like it's going to be a head squish, but he just screams, she's in here. Yes, that's right. So then the family's trying to complete the ritual mm-hmm. and Grace once again breaks free and then the family realizes that it's dawn. Yeah. And um, Aunt Helene, like, draws open the drapes. And we see the light and everything. <laughs> and then nothing happens. Beautiful they're all, delayed gratification here. Yeah. They're all just, like, cowering, shielding, like cowering. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, the light. And then nothing happens, of course. And But then Helene still tries to kill Grace. But then, <laughs> one by one, they each just spontaneously combust they explode yeah, in, in a it, fit of blood oh so much squelching it's like throwing a fucking beef at the like a, a pound of ground chuck at a wall yeah just like slaps and just goes and everyone explodes mm-hmm. the children one by one, yeah one by one they all it's the only non on death screen or on screen death because i think you I can't really kill that. children yeah. um but yeah uh, Emily tries to like grab her children, run out of the room. We just see an explosion of guts and blood from yes. the door, which I thought was a few. It was a funny one. And then Alex, of course, begs for Grace's forgiveness, like looking like a fucking fool, like tail between his legs, <laughs> you to the furthest me. extent. I'm not really one of them. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. And she is like, mm, no. 
and he explodes as well. And then LaBelle... laughing. <laughs> yeah. LaBelle ap- appears momentarily, like, nodding to Grace. Like, yeah, we just get, like, respect. a quick little f- fire burst. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, mad respect. So then, soaked in blood, Grace lights a cigarette outside. Yeah, she snags the burning that dope mansion. little cigarette case that was uh, yes. his, his mother's. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a very Heather's moment. Like, you look like hell. <laughs> I just, I just got, got back. back. And... So the police arrive and they're like, ma'am, are you okay? Like, what happened? Are you, are you good? You good? <laughs> and she, like, what happened? And she says, in-laws. And, just and that's more it. more drags the cigarette. It's so, oh, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic movie. I, I loved every bit of it. Yeah. Same. Um, I definitely it, put it in the fun romp category. Like, if I really break yeah. down bit by bit, it's probably not that good of a movie in like a criterion collection sense but as much as i love criterion uh fuck it for this category yeah because here's the thing we can enjoy art for many different reasons Mm -hmm. and like this one yes if you went in and dissected it it has its plot holes and its flaws and it's yeah you know it's it's whatever but the fact it's so fun and thrilling and keeps you engaged the entire time. So I was able to overlook that completely. Yeah. The comedy, I just had so much fun. Yeah. The comedy, the gore and suspense are all equally well done and they're all balanced and everything sort of moves around itself. And it all sort of like, I'd compare it to like one of those, um, those creepy clocks where everything pops up and is like all in precision. Like the cuckoo clocks. Yeah. But more like the like really fancy ones where they have like, it's a small world playing and it's like that bit from Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that. Yeah. Um, So it's, it to me really lands because the precision. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. The precision of this movie is so well done. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it doesn't, it it, it hits the same button that Tucker and Dale versus evil hits for me. Yeah. Um, It's just as funny. Tucker and Dale pushes more into the comedy side of it. Yeah. Because it is a farce. Yeah. This is less of a farce or like a comedy of errors. It's there. Those are how the kills happen. Yeah. Until Grace takes full power into her own, her own hands. Mm-hmm. But it's, it still hits that. Yeah. It hits that button where I'm just like that. That little yeah. pleasure center that just says, yes, this is fun. Yes, this is scary. Yes, this is gory. Yeah. I and was... it does the suspense better than Tucker and Dale does. It's trying to, which Tucker and Dale really wasn't. Yeah. But this, it tries to get the suspense and it gets that third prong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was completely enthralled with this movie. Oh, it was I so much fun. I didn't want to look away. It was great. Um and yeah, sometimes you just have to base it off of a feeling. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, some some of the songs that we all listen to that we consider bops that we're just like we yeah. absolutely adore are usually not that complex. They're mm-hmm. they're three chords, the lyrics aren't that profound, but if the song makes us feel good, Fuck anyone who tells us not to enjoy it. Sometimes it's Philip Glass. Sometimes it's Cascadas every time we touch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can enjoy both things. I can love both things. And if you don't like every time you touch, you're probably wrong. Every time we touch. What did I say? Every time you touch. Oh, every time we touch. Sorry. Sorry. I don't mean to be a stickler, but it's, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's no, you're, you're completely right. And it is every time that we touch. It's consensual. It is consensual. And it's romantic and it's fun and nonsense. And it's a bop. It's a fucking bop. You can still get just fucking 
pumped to that song. Yeah. And also you can get pumped to Koyana Skatsi. Two completely different styles of music. Yeah. Both equally I, good for their own their own merits. Judge it on its own merits and what it's trying to do and not against each other, right? Yeah. I'm not going to compare this to The Thing. Because no, it's a completely no. different film. Yeah, and and that's why I don't have I don't have any I don't have any issues with this movie. If you know me, if you've ever had a conversation with me about any film, I will talk about agency. Yeah. And especially women with agency in mm-hmm. films and how they're treated. Obviously, she's been dealt a very shitty hand. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably the shittiest. And Unsuited 2-5. But my God, is she kind of the perfect... She's the perfect advancement of the final girl because first of all her her outfit is final some final girl shit if i've ever really fucking is especially by the end it turns like a dark gray by the end it's gone from white to dark gray yeah Yeah. it's mud and her hair's fucked and oh my god her hair looks matted it's from this gorgeous braid beautiful beautiful hair you can tell they used a lot of hairspray to set that braid by the way that it unravels Mm -hmm. um but I yeah, I I think that this is such a good example of a final girl because once she learns the situation that she's in, she has no choice but to um fight or flight, you know, yeah. and she does both. Mm-hmm. Is the thing she's horrified obviously, but she doesn't go into this. She's never actually damseled. She's never yeah. saved by anyone. Daniel lets her off and she asks him, but here's the thing. She uses, it's a very important detail in the mm-hmm. beginning that is thrown away. Yeah. Um, that his alcoholic brother hits on her. Right. She uses her sexuality to empower herself to say, I knew you'd save me. Yes. Can you just let me go? Can yes. You, like, she uses yes. that to her advantage. What's also funny about that is that he's been using that to drive her away. He d- he wants to... Sa- yeah. it, it's, so it's him... Tr- he's been trying to save her the whole time. Yeah, it's a weird play and it's it's fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he actually wants to sleep with her. I mean, no, who, who no. wouldn't? But, like... He probably does, but not as much as, like... He wouldn't ever do it because him and his brother have clearly a good bond yes and it would be like his last resort to break up that marriage and save her but i don't think he would actually go that far oh my god is this this like a weird um ducky thing like uh, he actually like loves her or something so he's trying to save her no no i think he just doesn't want bad things to happen to her or to his brother okay because he says something about like i I wasn't sure if this was a best friend trope (laughs) no i i mean well but it it could be but i don't think that's what that's not really what i'm reading into it what i'm reading into it is that like he loves his brother so much that he doesn't want his brother to go through this pain he wants his brother to stay away he doesn't want him to come back yeah that's why he hides him in the closet that's why he does all these things to protect him yeah you know Ooh. True. Makes sense. Um, just yeah, had it's, to ask it's not question. out of love for her. It's out of love for his brother. Right. Like she is, he does things that save her life to save his brother pain. Right. Makes sense. Because, well, and because like, I think, so like when he says the thing about like, oh no, she has a soul. I think he likes her. Yeah. But like in a friendly way. I don't think he actually is like, I, the hitting on is like, a, is a strategy, right? It's not a... And it's not out of love for her. It's out of love for his brother. Yeah. Got it. Because he yeah. has a few lines like that where he's really pushing like, 
I care so much about Alex. I will let no harm come to Alex. For sure. Uh, emotional, physical, or psychological, you know? Yeah. Um, that's his whole thing. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he was part of the, like, Alex puts the the blame on, like, the goat sacrificing bullshit. Yeah. And having that, how that felt. We skipped over that, but that's his conversation with his mom. Um, but he sort of is like, I made this choice. I'm like, I really think you think you've made a lot of choices for yourself that Daniel made for you. Or right. Or Daniel put in your head. Like, it, it, I would read Adam Brody as like kind of the weird savior of this film. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he... Because there's two helps. stories going on, right? There's the Ladomas family and there's Grace. Those are the two stories that are happening. Yeah. And they intertwine, but there's all these internal family politics and bullshit. And like Daniel's made himself the fuck up so that he can control the family and try to make them at least halfway decent. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he certainly is a huge reason that grace is still alive just having someone on the inside on your side is never a bad thing yeah but uh yeah so uh, grace has an an immense amount of agency in this and she's never treated as a as a damsel as much as daniel helps her there's still it's it's still not this like white knight savior thing no it's never put on that way and yeah, he's not Prince Charming here. Yeah. And neither is Alex. Because Alex never no. saves her. No. Alex Alex, Alex again, literally stabs her. Alex again <laughs> is the is like the inverse Christian from Midsummer for me. <laughs> yeah, you said that last night. It's like what, yeah. They're he, both uh, stupid, but there are different outcomes and they and neither of them can be trusted, but and for one's different in reasons. On it, one's not. Yeah. 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 It's like the inverse of Christian, but they're both bad. Yes. They're both really shitty boyfriends yes. and or husbands. Oh um, my god. And both yes. burn to death. Well, one explodes, the other burns to death. But Yeah. So yeah, I mean I mean this this movie also brings up really really interesting points and ideas that could only be brought up in a dark comedy. This is probably one of the darkest comedies I've seen in a very, very, very long time because it brings up this idea of the rich hunting the poor because that's exactly every single person who's come into this family has like come from nothing. And because we get it from charity, we get it from it's alluded by Andy McDowell's character, mm-hmm. the mom. And we, yeah, we get this. Even the sense family itself was like overnight successful because they made a deal with the devil. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like poor. That's what it's, it says. That they were like working class at least. Yeah. So it, it's only a statement that you can really make in a movie that has comedic relief because it's too much. It would be too heavy handed otherwise mm-hmm. because that's a really intense because there is a huge class division in yeah, the world. Like it's absolutely. A huge and it's highlighting commentary. that without. Yeah. It, but I, I don't think it's as much commentary as people say it is like everybody keeps comparing it to like the hunt and stuff like that. And I think they're wrong. There are similarities, though. There are. But I would say it's like a, it's it's closer to dangerous liaisons than it's class commentary. And that's why I brought it yeah. up at first is because it's bringing in people. And it's, it's less sinister than that. Right. Because they're not doing it on purpose. Like, no one wants to play hide-and-seek except on Helene. Yeah. She's the only one who wants to play it. <laughs> she, I feel like she's, she's got some getting, blood in her mouth. She's getting some sort of vengeance because it happened to her or something. Something like, like that, yeah. There's something going on there. But um, it's also how, like, she became 
I, like I, I were led to believe that she's the one who killed her husband in the sat in the sacrifice. Yeah, because and she says that comment about Alex too. Yeah, and I I forgot to mention this in the plot, but there is this moment where she says some crazy shit where you're just like, girl, get off the pills because she's like. She's like, I always knew that Alex was the next one to lead us mm-hmm. and shit. And I'm like, okay. Um, yeah. But I it, think that's, yeah. It's pretty wild. But I don't know. This movie brings up some fun some fun things, too, because when you have an absurd amount of money... Sometimes what comes with that is an absurd amount of um, protection of said money and legacy. And you become insanely selfish. And I think that's what people talk about with the fears of billionaires and you uh, you become, you can't become greedy. a billionaire without some seriously unethical shit. Do- Dolly Parton would be a billionaire if she didn't just keep giving away all of her money yeah to really great causes yeah and like throwing Queen. money at pro- yes yeah she she would be a billionaire but she's not because she's not engaging in unethical practices yeah so this movie also in again a lighthearted way uh explores a family that went from, like you said, at least working class to probably billionaire status. I mean, look no, at no, this house. Easily billionaires. Like, okay, let's see. The small, like the least expensive sports teams mm-hmm. cost at least $2 billion right. to own. And right. they own four. Like, and <laughs> yeah. just so people are clear, a billion dollars is not an achievable thing in a lifetime. No. From nothing. Like, it's not yeah. possible yeah. without doing a whole bunch of horrible, horrible things. Or a deal with the devil. Yes. <laughs> uh, shout out to Jeff Bezos, who might right. be the devil himself. Maybe. Um, well, that's probably Peter Thiel or Mark Zuckerberg. But the thing is, is like it, people don't realize the math of it. One million dollars achievable in a lifetime. Yeah. One billion dollars, the amount of time you'd have to work to do that, spending zero money and making like $250,000 a year, it's a thousand millions. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, that's one billion is 1,000 millions. Two billion is 2,000 millions. Yeah. That's not like, even the, like, if you're a hundred millionaire, you're so much, but you make so much less money than a billionaire. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I like to, it's, it's something that people don't think of because they're like, oh, it's one letter difference. It's just the next step up. No, it's orders it's, of magnitude different. Yeah, yeah. It's 1,000 no, millions. Yeah, absolutely. sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's a thing that my socialist ass has to always point out. Um, but it's, this movie brings up such an interesting point with that because, again, there's, there's this push and pull of morality where you see that the older members of the family have kind of been more sucked into it Mm -hmm. and are uh, like, look at the father, look at aunt Helene, look at, you know, the mother is sort of, we've, we've got kind of a spectrum here on one end is the, is aunt Helene and the father on the other end is like Alex and Daniel. Yeah. And even in the older members, I would say it's yeah back and forth, but in the middle of that, like the mother is right behind the father because she's kind of like rallying her children to also do it. Yeah, when she talks to her grandkids about it too. You yeah, know, like she's we see her prepping them about Mr. LaBelle. He's very important for our family. Oh He's my the god, we yeah. have all the things we have. Yeah, that... even like uh, Daniel has a line of like rich people really are different. Yeah. And it's an indictment. Like, it's clearly like he's spitting it out of his mouth, but he's like, oh, it, it, it works for me. But yeah. Yeah. 
So we have this broad spectrum of morality here. Yeah. We have at one end of it the uh, father and Aunt Helene. And then right behind them, we would have the mother, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Charity. And then, and then we've got Charity, who whose motivator is... I came from nothing and I'm finally living the glamorous life that I've always wanted mm-hmm. and I can't just die now. Well, and all, yeah, exactly. It's like, she's like, I'm already a member of this family. Like, I made my way in. Yeah. I want to keep my place. Well, and now I will literally die if I try to back out. Yeah. So that's her motivator for sure. Mm-hmm. And then on the, you know, uh, latter end of the spectrum here, we have... Alex and Daniel and probably the children just because even though one of them shoots her in the hand, they don't know why they do that. Which I should also point out that we have a callback from the beginning because mm-hmm. when um, Emily comes down there and he says, yeah, I saw I saw her. I shot her in the hand. She says, I'm so proud of you. Yes. Which is a callback to the beginning where it's said to... Becky says that to Daniel. Yes, yeah. yes. So um, just wanted to mention that. Mm -hmm. But we have such an interesting play on morality here. And Daniel is kind of our compass for that because Daniel goes very back and forth. And we see the he gives us the pros for his family. He gives us the cons for him and his mental, you know, it's probably why he turns to alcohol a lot. Like it's it's that and he like helped kill a man. Yeah, it's self medicating. When he was like seven years old. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. <laughs> Traumatizing. Everyone in this movie needs to go see a therapist. My yeah. God. Um, but it's interesting that we have like this is why I love Daniel as a character because he's he's guiding us without us really knowing it. And then at the end, you're kind of like, that was a roller coaster of emotions. Okay. Yeah. No, and he's he and Grace are the two best characters in this entire movie. I oh, mean, for sure. Alex is kind of nothing to me, and I think it's it's apt I think that's why I think to of describe him. As him. I, that's what I was just going to say. Is I think that's why it's apt to describe him as Christian because Christian's like we talked about. He's a big vat of nothing. Yeah. Which is the point of his character. Yeah. He's on we and 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 personified. But <laughs> yeah. like Alex is something more like thinks of himself as a good person, thinks that he has beaten the family, knows what they're really about, and yeah. just want, thinks that he's like, he's that um, he's that child of a billionaire who goes off and joins the Peace Corps. Yeah. But still gets money and supplies from his parents. And is insanely manipulative. Yeah, you and I were talking about this, and I don't know how manipulative he actually is. I think he's hapless. I think it's 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 functionally manipulation, but he's not trying to manipulate until the very end. Yeah, the but final it's still... his very final scene is is that. But I don't know that he himself like thinks of himself as a manipulator or tries to manipulate because he does until give, the end. Yeah, yeah. I think he's an accidental manipulator before that. But that's still manipulation. Yeah, it is. The impact is she is manipulated. She doesn't know what could happen to her. And I guess he does lie to her. Yeah. Yeah. Live omission, he may call it, but it's fucking lying in this case. Like when when lives are on the line, it's an actual lie. Yeah. (laughs) Like lives of omission, sure, gray area, but like this is a pretty clear one. Yeah. So 
Yeah, and it's because I, he wants he says that he's like I wanted you to marry me and you were going to leave me if I didn't marry you because you wanted and he's even she you're right about this one point he says well you wanted a wedding and she fucking hits him he's like are you fucking kidding me you're going to blame he, me for this yeah, yeah. And he's like nope 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 you're right he, he does admit the wrongness there but he is trying to eschew blame from himself yeah yeah I think he yeah. doesn't want to be blamed for things how that functions as manipulation is I think a little open for debate here yeah um to compare him again to Christian from Midsummer, Christian's more of a manipulator. Right. He's an active manipulator. I don't think Alex means to be one. I don't think he's trying to manipulate. And that's why like manipulate is such an active word. See, I He's a of, weasel, but I don't know that he's a manipulator. I kind of think Christian, though... I disagree about Christian. I think he is... So I think he's more hapless than Alex is because Christian actively gaslights her. I don't think he knows that he's gaslighting her, though. I think that he. Okay, so he's. So the difference is that he's ignorant of her feelings. Yes. And makes horrible decisions because he has no empathy. Alex has something that resembles empathy. Yeah. But doesn't so neither of them are trying to manipulate anybody. Yeah, they are I don't doing think it by just they, being jerks. <laughs> I don't think either of them have the mental capacity or capability of intentionally manipulating or gaslighting someone, mm. which can be said for most people. Like I, I don't think that anyone is sitting here being like, "I'm a fucking gaslight this bitch." I mean, maybe, but I think it happens. And then they get called out for it or they don't and they keep doing it. And I don't know. I just don't. I don't see either. This is why I see them as one and the same except inverse situations. They're related. Yeah. They're they're just so. They don't have agency. Alex has a little bit more because he decided to leave the family and is kind of like. He makes decisions. He makes yeah. decisions. At least Christian makes zero decisions. Yeah. And it's infuriating yes but some might call it bad writing right but both of them i don't think have the mental capacity or in, or intellect to actually manipulate or gaslight someone that's fair. In, in that way they yeah. do it they do it accidentally like you said which is still gaslighting and manipulating to be clear right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. intent versus impact here sure yeah but yeah. uh but i don't i i see them as one in the same I don't think Christian ha- knew that he was gaslighting her. I just think he's fucking selfish and stupid. Sure. sure. <laughs> he's a bump on a log, like I said yeah. in our episode. Yeah. He doesn't, he has no direction and, and he has no, I like how he steals that, um, that other character's um, thesis. Yeah. He has no independent thoughts. Like yeah. It, yeah. it's and, just how it is. And Daniel is the real like, hero of the family yes um that's all fair yeah no that works out for me um yeah other few things i have to say about this there's not a ton more to say about this i mean there's lots and lots to say about it i think to refer back to that bloody disgusting article from earlier yeah um that i mentioned so i just love a couple i'm just gonna pull a couple quotes from it that i think are really well really well put um so there's one line where they say uh, i'm sorry i should say uh this is what this is written by william bibiani um, who writes for them a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, he says, it's been said that the money, that, mm. he says, it's been said that money is the root of all evil, but Ready or Not argues that evil is the root of all money. 
And it's fun. Like, and that, he's, he, the point he's play. making is like, yeah, he says uh, to, he continues that with a simplistic allegory, certainly, but one that makes for subversive and timeless satire. 100%. I agree with that. And I think that that's really fucking fantastic. I mean, um, he also calls assessment. it an absolute corker of a horror comedy. And corker is one of my favorite British mm-hmm. <laughs> Britishisms of like, oh, real corker. Like, that's. Yeah. Um, that's a good he also, assessment. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. And like he talks about how all of these characters, they're they he calls them a bunch of boobs. Yeah. The hapless boobs is yeah. I think what he calls them in the article. And I think it's really fun. That's a yeah, here it is. They're a bunch of hapless boobs who in another film would have been likable leads all by themselves. Yeah. I would root for any of these people in a different setting, you know? Yeah. Uh, and calls he then says, like instead, it's the cast of an ultra violent remake of Clue. And if that's not a glowing recommendation, what is? I agree with that because... It's a fantastic article. It's really well written. Well, what's so cool about dark comedies is that it it makes you think about what you what your opinion is of these characters. Because again, yeah. I, I also talk a lot of, on this podcast about in a lot of horror films, it hinges on whether you care about what happens to the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can do it so beautifully in a dark comedy because comedy... Um, it often, endears you to people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it endears you to people. It makes fe- people feel warm to you. It makes you feel good. It makes, like, all of these things, like the serotonin. It makes you, you know, yeah. feel all these things. And and then when dark things happen to them, or if they're in a dark situation where they're making decisions that are kind of shitty, or, you know, all these things, it really kind of pulls on your brain a little bit of, like, oh, man, what would I do if I were in that situation, even though it's heightened? Like, what, you know... A, it just causes you to ask way more questions, which I'm always down for in a movie. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, yeah, there's, there's a lot of really clever parts to this too. I want that to be clear that like, this is a very clever movie Yeah, without being too clever by half, which is a lot of the movies that we've covered. We've said like you tried to be clever. You were kind of clever, but you went too far with how clever you thought you were. Yeah. They pull it off and this could have easily gone wrong. Again, this is, I think this is another example of everybody was on fucking board with what movie they were making. Oh yeah. No one had any questions. And I mean that up and fucking down. It wouldn't Every, have it wouldn't have worked otherwise. Yeah. The the key the key grips knew exactly what movie they were working on. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. craft services knew what movie they were working <laughs> on on this. Um, yeah. Shout out to all very important parts of the of filmmaking, but like people oh my that God, you don't yeah. have to think of you, you don't think of as like they need to be on board. Right. It it goes that far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they served the right bagels, you know, like um to get them into character and, and to make this fucking work. They so, gave, they gave, um, what's Grace's name again? Samara I always, Weaving. I always forget it because it's such an interesting, cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave Samara Weaving the right amount of carbs to have to scream and do Jeez, as much her running poor and crazy. Throat. I know. I was like, girl, go on vocal <laughs> rest after this. I, yeah, wow. I hope she took some time. Maybe Ooh. that's why she did the babysitter right after this. Because that's such a... She doesn't have to scream at all in that movie. True. It's very, very calm. It's all very low and just sinister. Yeah. Um, I do like that movie. I don't want to like that movie. I do like that movie. I like her and the the kid. The, I think And the that, core yeah. story is fun. It's a fun movie. And like it is another sort of comedy of errors. I just it's think the cla- writing sucks. It does. Netflix does not make good original Good films, God. generally speaking. The, they just don't. There's so many stereotypes in that movie and oh, also shitty stereotypes. It. I yeah, hate it. Really it's not bad. even making fun of the stereotypes enough. No, it's not. It it's can't not making, get away it with it. It thinks it is, but it's not. It's, it's like, not. It's it, why it's bad. Yeah. 
It thinks it's the original Scary Movie, and it's more like Scary Movie 4. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, so just some other clever shit from this movie that mm-hmm. I think was really dope. Um, the naming of our two sort of evil characters. Uh-huh. Uh, by which I mean the family as a whole, Le Domas, mm-hmm. and Mr. LeBail. Yeah. So I thought that those were French, just because the way everybody was pronouncing it, like the cadence with it they said it. I kept hearing Monsieur LeBail yeah. in this. So... I'm going to start off with Mr. LaBelle because I this one's a little shaky and I'm not 100% certain of if that was a naming thing. But Baal was an ancient god in like Mesopotamia, Middle East, um, that then he was a cow god, roughly mm-hmm. something like that. There's a bunch of different descriptions of Baal in uh, uh, Judeo-Christian texts and then other religious texts from the region. Um, in the, and actually I hate the phrase Judeo Christian. Fuck that. We're separate. Um, the Christian stole from us. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but in, I'll just retake that. So Baal was a God in the, was in the ancient, like Mesopotamia, Middle East, uh, area, mm-hmm. uh, is referred to frequently in both Jewish and Christian text, and particularly the Christian text becomes more synonymous with the devil mm-hmm. and so i think that that's where that one comes from yeah which is i immediately heard that i was like oh cool so we've had we've got a literal devil situation going on right or at least like ancient god demon thing yeah you know is it like they one of my favorite pulls of a, of a demon is in the exorcist where uh reagan is possessed by pazuzu <laughs> and pazuzu is a uh ancient persian demon of the wind yeah okay (laughs) also shows up in futurama very fun Hmm. so with so that's that's where i was like okay cool pull right okay like it's fun you know yeah and even if you don't know the history behind it i think that name just it it, it sounds nice yeah you're just kind of like okay sexy but sinister yeah exactly mr labelle will see you now yeah so you you could hear that in the cinemax voice it was a good choice yeah (laughs) Um, and then Le Domas. So originally I thought it was um, French again. Because mm-hmm. um, I already have the Mr. Le Bale and the cadence of all of that. And then Le, like the way they say it, they don't say Le, they say Le. Yeah. Which is the French pronunciation of L-E, right? So Le Domas, I was like, okay, so Dumas, maybe it's a reference to Alexander Dumas, something along that. I'm Domas, there's all these different sort of things. And I was like, wait a second, let me look this up. It's fucking Spanish, dumbass. Me. That's me. I'm a dumbass. Le um, dumbass. <laughs> no. Domas is a conjugation of damar. Mm-hmm. Damar means to control or like subjugate, sort of, um, make subservient or whatever in Spanish. Yeah. Uh, which is what this family does. They use their wealth to control. I was about to say, it's it's pretty telling. They try yeah. to subject everybody who comes in. Everyone's a pawn. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought, you know, it's nice. That's uh, cool. I like when movies use other use non movies that were filmed in English use non English languages to kind of cleverly give away pieces of the plot right 100% to bring Heathers back up yeah we know what's gonna happen if you if you speak German you know exactly what's about to happen when eklug bullets yeah I lie yeah yeah no it's 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 pretty fun you you take German right no French okay yeah yeah it's exactly like there's all kinds of yeah Hell, the thing gets ruined if you speak Norwegian. Yeah. The entire plot of the imagine. thing. They, they, they're screaming at them in Norwegian and they're telling them exact. I'm not going to spoil the thing on this podcast, but they're going to. Uh, they tell the members of the American science group. Yeah. Exactly what's happening. 100%. 
and it's just funny if you speak Norwegian, you would know that. But no one, <laughs> it was released in the United States and the UK, and very few people speak Norwegian. So yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, just the, the really clever lighting, really clever shooting. Um, I thought that I thought most of the soundscape was really well done. Yeah, we get a, again, like you said, we get a lot of good uh, squelches and and things that will just make your stomach turn. Yeah, it's pretty great. Some of the stings were a little unnecessary. They're they're like staples of the genre at this point, especially like the thriller side of horror. Yeah, I didn't really mind it that much because the movie doesn't take itself very seriously. Yeah, but it just is one of those things I'd like to see go. It's fair. Um, I, I think it's a little more impactful if you don't throw the music in or like the the sudden string and uh, percussion hits. Yeah. But yeah, what do I fucking know? I didn't make $57.6 <laughs> million on a blockbuster Ooh, success. Boy. I, I also just wanted to point out that in the beginning I was like, I was like, is this in contemporary time? And then I was like, it is. Okay. Because I was confused by the uh, huge mansion and just how it was uh, designed and everything. But mm-hmm. then once we got into the thick of the plot and it's, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, like clue and everything. Uh, I realized that it, it it was a mansion passed down. But I was like, wait, if this was a modern billionaire trillionaire family, new money, yeah. new money they would have this like. Very, I was picturing like a very LA looking, sleek, modern design. Glass and concrete. Glass and concrete, like all this shit. But then I was like, wait, you literally cannot play this game with that because the the modern open concept design would not be conducive <laughs> to this game. So I was like, you can't do oh, that. Man. Maybe I should be a bigger fan of open concept designs then. I, yeah. I hate them, but now I'm reconsidering. I'm like, hmm. It depends for me. I don't. I. I. I don't know. I. I know. I know when I look at a home layout and I'm like, "That's dope," but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's open concept or if it has a closed kitchen. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I have a preference. I think it depends on the house. But anyway, this is not House Hunters. Uh, this Fuck is house this hunters. is horror babes. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I think that about wraps us up. Yeah, that's everything I've got. Um, I mean, again, I could go on and on and on. I want to thank, again, one more time, Sibs, Sibs, you're dope. Thank you so much for recommending this movie. Sorry it took us so long, but fuck yes, thank you so much. It was so good. Yeah. I would re- I'm going to watch this movie multiple times. Oh, yeah, definitely. This it was is going to be like a fun. nice little comfort watch. Yeah, it was just too, too fun. Uh, and we want to we wanna thank you guys for also sending us some other recommendations. We promise that we will definitely get to them. We we hear you. We, we've read your DMs and all of these all of these wonderful things that you've sent us and we uh, keep an eye out because we will be covering them. And also if you think of anything else, please uh, DM us on Instagram. We're at horror babes podcast. And then on Twitter, you can also message us. We check all social media platforms Uh, on Twitter. We're at horror babes pod. And Mm -hmm. then we also have a handy dandy little website called horror babes pod.com. Yeah. And just one more thing you can do for us if you don't mind. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us. It helps us so much. It is the biggest fucking deal you can do for someone whose podcast you can enjoy. Mm -hmm. Throw us a nice little review and a quick little rating. It doesn't have to be more than like a couple of sentences. Yeah. But it is really, really helpful for us and for future listeners. 100%. Yeah. To see if we are the podcast for them. Yeah. And, you know. It's 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 just something that helps us in metrics. There's all this bullshit algorithm thing. Yeah. Uh, but it does help us get out there and reach more people. And what is art if not to be shared? Yeah. yeah. And one last little thank you and housekeeping is thank you so much to our 
lovely friend Seth Haken for our dope theme song that you hear at the beginning and the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Till next time. Bye, Bye babes. babes. Yeah, babe.